This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Chateras here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. With me is always my buddy, my coach, my pal, the man with a plan, the guy who's ready for fucking New York Knicks basketball tomorrow. Preseason, baby. You know what it is. My guy, John Moika. How are you doing today, boy? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's Victory Monday. The Jets got a W. It's also Still London week. Still can't get over it. I'm, I'm ready for London. We got the Knicks preseason coming up. We also have a little Yankees-Red Sox wildcard game. Mm-hmm. I mean, October, October is everything, uh, everything everyone promised. So I'm, I'm hyped right now, but we'll see how long this lasts. It's, uh, it's October 4th. <laughs> so we'll see, yeah. we'll see how long this high lasts, man. For sure. And I'm right there with you. I'm excited to, you know, I'm going to see if I can get in tomorrow. I'm ready. I'm ready to get hostile tomorrow. I'm ready. I'm ready to be, uh, in Fenway. Get your butt to Fenway, bro. Get I'm, your butt I'm gonna to try. Fenway. I'm trying. I'm trying to see if I can get this guy on the pod. We got, we got two phenomenal guests with us on the pod today. All right. Let's, let's start with the, 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 the first time guest. We got both of them are from the Strickland. Awesome writers for the Strickland. Awesome podcasters for the Strickland. But you probably also know them from back in the day at Posting and Toasting, Posting and Toasting, where you could have heard them. Awesome stuff over there as well. We got Drew, my guy, lives here in Boston with me. Also a fellow cat dad, big New York <laughs> Knicks fan. How you doing, Drew? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm doing all right. The, um, the prison allowed me to call. And right now, so I'm doing pretty good. So, how's prison? It's great, man. Every day is the same. It's wonderful. Three, three squares a day, right? <laughs> yeah, <that's good. laughs> I, I didn't know. I didn't it. know that's what they called Boston out that these out loud. Like, yeah, man, prison, like prison, out loud, yeah. dude. <laughs> I thought that we just like low key. <laughs> Absolutely. You, if anyone on the YouTube right now, you can see Drew with just a plain, I guess, bone white wall, like a nail, and it looks right. like you just like, oh my god. Terrible. I feel like Drew needs to have a beer or something just to liven it up a little bit. <laughs> I, got, on, um, I got some uh, oolong tea to relax right. myself. Let's there go. You go. Nice. There you go. There you go. And if you guys hear the other voice and the laughter, you know who it is. This man is the bullshit fighter on Twitter. If you come at him with the nonsense, <laughs> he's going to retweet that shit and just burn it down. My guy, <laughs> Winnie Pooh. What's going on, Schwinn? Not much, man. Uh, you know, just uh, having some booze, talking some Knicks. All good. I actually just did a little thing before this, a little podcast before this with somebody else. So uh, that's why I was like 10 minutes late. But are you going to give him a free promotion? Uh, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. It's called Hoopology. Check it out. I'll, I'll read it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it. But we're all here, guys, because as I mentioned earlier, we got some New York Knicks basketball starting tomorrow we got preseason right around the corner but we gotta do a little housekeeping first because Lucaville Doza just got waved who didn't see this coming anyone <laughs> yeah anyone didn't see this coming does anybody care like the, I don't the Vildoza care. hive cares come on man the Vildoza hive that like as soon as like he got signed everyone's like yo this is the point guard of the future for, like <laughs> a hot second well, that was when Alfred Payne was our starting point guard. Uh, That's what I was going to say. Like, when he was signed, everyone was so hyped. And now look at us, man. We're like, oh, we don't care. 
I didn't I even tweet like, about it. I didn't even. Re- <laughs> I was just like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. all right. He was, he was Pablo Prigioni. We were watching highlights from <laughs> from his high school. Like, we had like a, a couple we, months ago. We had we had Ted, uh, who's also a writer at Strickland. Uh, right, he had, like there was like a huge piece uh, yeah, about like 10, Luca words. Yeah, <laughs> 10, and like, words. yeah, God uh, damn. Actually, actually, on Luca. <laughs> actually, fun fact: uh, you guys can make fun of him about this. Uh, Jeremy, uh, you know Jeremy Cohen, yeah, a good buddy. Mm-hmm. He had a whole plan of like writing that he was going to write this piece about like oh you know some fucking nerd. <laughs> Like, oh, if they wave yeah, him on, like, like well, you know, like, they wave him on October 15th before 7 p.m. Like, fuck out of here. yeah, it just, okay, dude. He had this whole thing that he was going to write, and then that news came, and he, like, in our channel, he was, he added to Alex and was like, yep, guess you can cancel that piece. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, he was literally, he was, he was the, the second coming of Pablo, uh, mm-hmm. and now he, uh, he can't catch, um, the 15th spot. Do you guys think that means anything for Theo? I mean, Theo Pinson, Alex might as well cry when, when Theo Pinson went to the Boston Celtics. Do you think it opens up the door for him or anything like that? Or, uh, it's really for Dwayne Bacon? No, I, I think, I think they're going to let Pinson do his own thing. I think they, they brought in Pinson for a reason last year. He was, they needed a hype man. They needed somebody to just look. But here's the thing. I, I think the Pinson signing was really, really smart last year for a few reasons. Um, primarily like, with COVID, you didn't play with crowds. Like you didn't mm-hmm. have that natural kind of like atmosphere, that juice in the arena when you walk in. So you needed to generate your own atmosphere. Like Pinson did that shit. Like I don't even know, man. That dude must have been on so much Molly. Like it's <laughs> incredible. Um, he was so like, happy to be there. He really yeah, was. He, but, even but on he, the road, dude. He was just nuts. Like, and you needed your own bench to create energy so much for last year. And like, I'm not saying like I'm not trying to diminish like the importance of that, that even when there are crowds, like I do think that shit matters. I, I, I would love to have Pinson back, but I think that Pinson wants to go somewhere where he thinks at least he'll have a chance to get minutes. He knows he's not going to get minutes on Knicks. He knew that like, because he'd never got minutes last year ever. Um, so I don't think there's any, I don't think there's anything big they're going to do with it. I think it'll be like bacon or MJ Walker. I don't think it's going to be Selden. Selden, actually fucking sucks and i am yeah, he's bad he's take. he was terrible in, <laughs> in summer league like he's not gonna be be on the nba roster unless he's like best friends with i don't know fucking like <laughs> Shea gilgis alexander or something like that. <laughs> um but like yeah. Sean McVay? Does, yeah. That, does that translate yeah, yeah, no? yeah yes. uh, but like yeah like i, I don't know i'm I don't really care. I, I will say, like, the Vildoza signing, I still think it was smart. Like, it cost them nothing. They had leftover cap space last year. They used it to sign a guy who literally they didn't even pay guaranteed dollars beyond last season. Uh, this, the contract was structured in a way that if he was really good, it gave them a huge advantage. It was like three years non guaranteed, right? Um, so, uh, I, I still think it was like the sign of a shrewd team. Um, and, they deserve credit for like, kicking the tires on whatever there is out there to address the point guard situation. Obviously, they got Kemba, so that's a different caliber of solution. And, uh, yeah, like, I mean, also the Vildos, he got hurt. His ankle is still messed up. He hasn't practiced. Like, he's not going to be ready probably for the season. It makes no sense to, to keep him at that point. Um, so I don't even, I don't think it says much of anything beyond like, why would we keep a guy that's injured at a position? Like, he was going to be what? The fifth guard on the team? You know, yeah. like he was going to be behind Kemba Rose quickly, 
Burks, RJ, however you want to rank them as guards. Mm-hmm. Might have been ended up being behind McBride. Grimes, absolutely like, behind, absolutely behind, behind McBride, McBride too. Yeah. yeah. So like it just it doesn't make sense to hit for him either, right? Like maybe maybe there's another NBA team out there that wants to take a shot on him. He'll latch on, or maybe he goes back to Europe. Whatever. At least either way, like he got paid three million last year to do nothing, literally to do nothing. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the Knicks did anything evil here. They they did fine. No matter what crazy Kristen wants to tweet tweet out. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, can we just? I did. I figured out who she was as soon as I when I so used to write for the Athletic. And she would always comment under his stuff because everyone would just like say, read ISO stuff. It's like, where's the direction of this piece going? Like, how did it start here? How did it end here? And she's like, you just hate ISO. I'm like, I'm like, who is this? How are you? How do you know ISO? How are you keep defending this person? And I was like, I saw the angels like, ah, that's you. Okay. Why, like, I why just, are you like, imagine being an ISOLA simp? Like, like, yeah, it's a wild. What, what is a that? Wild, wild thought. Like, what does that yeah. entail? Like, you just wild love, thought. <laughs> you love like shitty garbage writing <laughs> from a guy that has like vampire teeth and looks like oh, a villain in like I don't know like a sh- really shitty Bond film or something like I don't know like he just sucks and anybody that who <laughs> likes him probably sucks so uh, he actually DM'd me a few months ago uh, out he's, of nowhere he's a king, he's a king DM'er it, yeah, was, it was pretty amazing he DM'd me out of nowhere to like because I, I made some tw- I think Bondi tweeted out something like oh like the Knicks maybe could like it was during the playoff the, the Knicks playoff series and he was like he found some tweet of mine like the Nick so I I think I tweeted uh, tweeted at somebody else who was like oh the Knicks really could have used Porzingis here couldn't they and I was like what the fuck are you talking about and he was like he DMing me to be like hey you really think the Knicks couldn't use Porzingis in this series I was like no I really think they could not <laughs> use like I don't think that was the difference in the series you dumbass uh, and then he like. Then he read one of the things I'd written for the Strickland and was like, he started giving me like pointers on writing advice. It was so weird, man. I just stopped responding because I was like, it was a fucking Saturday. It was like, it was like literally, <laughs> oh, God. It was like, it's like, so it's like May, right? That was when the next play in that playoff series. It's like fucking May. And he's tweeting me on a Saturday afternoon about motherfucking Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> like, please get a fucking life, man. Please. Like, just do everybody a flavor and please get a hobby. Like who who looks at Schwinn's Twitter and is like, I'm gonna go like use receipts against this guy. Like obviously, <laughs> obviously, like you're erratic as hell. On it's, Twitter, not even, like. it's not even it's not even receipts. It was like him doing a bit with constructive criticism. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it was no so weird. Get, but it no was one's so getting weird. the bit. And it's just like <laughs> oh, 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 okay. <laughs> Drew, he, didn't he, he do that to you? Didn't he do that to you, Drew? Like, I feel like you posted like an image where he was like insulting oh, you for like yeah. comparing Frank Elkina as being like a cat or something like that, like that piece. I feel like he was like going on you know, about that one. Oh no, I, I wish he did that because that's probably my uh, what's the uh, the magnum opus? That's my magnum opus article. Even though I got something <laughs> for it. But no, I did, I don't know, I said something. I was like... Wasn't it the Bondi thing where you like, you outed Bondi on that tweet where you told somebody to wipe their chin or something? No, that was... <laughs> <laughs> I could do that too. No, Bo- Bonnie, man, Bonnie was wild. He can't be out here doing homophobic shit. But uh, no, I so <laughs> like, what was he doing? He said something. It was probably something about Phil Jackson. You know, Phil Jackson. You know, the uh, the triangle god to me, the uh, the peyote, the peyote priest, and all that shit. So like, that. he did something. I was just like, dude, shut up. I was, I was something like that. And he's like, and he just slides into my DMs, and I'm like, 
what are you doing? It's 10 o'clock at night. Like, why are you talking to me? And then he's like, he posted an article. He like did something with like an article I wrote on like Kyle O'Quinn. It's like, no one's going to read your stuff or something like that. Only Kyle O'Quinn's family is going to read this stuff. I was like, I'm okay. I don't, I don't care. That's so funny. Why do we, do we all have, do we all, I don't know how this turned into this segment, but do we all have an ISO story? I think it was in my DMs from like literally 2016. Cause I like commented on his article. Like he, he, he said that Alan Houston, I'll never forget. He said that Alan Houston was the greatest signing the Knicks ever had. But like, I don't understand. Where that came, he literally t- it was injured for like six of those years. Like, I don't, and he got like the first max contract. I didn't, I didn't get it. And he literally like was in my DMs, like yelling at me, calling me a high school graduate. I literally graduated <laughs> law school that same year. So it was a really it was a bad time. Also, there's nothing wrong with graduating just from high school. Like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> there's nothing wrong with high school either. You can still have an opinion and watch basketball and know that Alan Houston was a terrible signing. But anyway, oh, that's so far. I don't know how we got on this tangent, but that's so funny. <laughs> He's oh, lurking, man. Alex. It all He's lurking. From, well, it, he, all started, he did, it all started with Luca Vildoza, by the way. Luca <laughs> Vildoza, man. <laughs> I mean, he did hop in our podcast. He was like, the KP trade and uh, going on about the KP trade. And it's like, he, 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 he he's look, man, he, he's got to be lonely. He's looking for Knicks fans just to love him. Uh, not going to happen, but he's, he's on he's Brooklyn. Now, I don't approach. think, I don't think he'll ever find love that he doesn't pay for. Mm, yeah. Definitely. Schwinn's Damn. coming out hot. <laughs> Schwinn, pass me your drinking, man. That's all from last me. time it was on Noel. This time it's on Ice Hole. Whenever Schwinn comes on, Nick Shift, et cetera, <laughs> someone's getting the smoke, man. <laughs> Don't push me, Frank. Get <laughs> his oh, crosshairs, man. dude. <laughs> I guess, they, uh, to, I guess we can go out to the 50 Cent, you know, don't push me song drop, like right when Schwinn says that for, uh, for your producer. Oh, just get that man. Done. <laughs> right, Look, so man, trying to man. get a soundboard. Trying to get a soundboard for this thing, man. It's in the progress, all right? In progress. Next time. Next time you guys are on here, I'm going to have a soundboard for this. <laughs> let's, move on to, let's move on to happier topics. Let's talk about the IQ uh, piece that uh, Berman wrote today. So, Swin, I know you said it was like a good article we were talking before we we uh, before we started recording. What what are your initial thoughts on the the IQ piece by Berman? I mean, it was like a fun little piece. It seemed like a lot of it was just kind of like fluff, um, mm. which is fine. Like it, you know, training camp is training camp. You just got to write a lot of bullshit stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, like we know that Tibbs loves IQ. Like he played a rookie mm. eighteen minutes per game in a rookie season in his rotation. He played every game that he was healthy for. Um, that says plenty. Uh, we also know that like, you know, I, I buy a lot of the stuff in the piece, you know, about like, he likes being coached hard. He mentioned like, he says that. And a lot of guys say that, but like, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's an act, but like with him, you get the sense like that's real. Like he really does like having a coach like Tibbs that pushes him, that gets in his face. Um, you know, he talked about Kyle parties, like that guy too. And, you know, obviously he played at Kentucky for two years. Uh, and then also like the, the thing about that piece that I thought was interesting was he talked about, um, cause the, the segue was kind of like how he got DNP the first preseason game last year. And that was what was happening at this time last year or whatever. Um, but you know, he talked about, you know, he, he didn't care that he got DNP. Like he went back, uh, after that game and like watched the film. And he's like, you know, I was always going to support my teammates cause that's what you do. And like, uh, you know, everybody says those type, everybody says that shit. 
everybody says those things, but like with him, you just feel like the way he comes across and the shit he says and does, like I I believe it. Like I I really believe that with him. And um, you know, he just comes across as like a genuine, genuinely like super exuberant dude. And I, I said this last year, like when he kind of like first broke through, but I just think that type of energy, like he has an energy that the organization didn't have for a long time. Like it always felt like, look, I, I'm, I don't know if you guys are like huge mellow fans or whatever. Um, but like, I just felt with him, especially towards the end, like there was always this kind of like, like weight of the world is on my shoulders type of energy. Um, and there were reasons for that. I'm not trying to dismiss them, yeah, but like, it's but like tough. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 but like, and, and that, but that kind of like, energy always just seemed to exist around the team. They didn't have mm-hmm. like that. And I, and I'm not, and it wasn't just IQ, obviously like, you know, mm-hmm. we just talked about Pinson, but I do think like quickly brings a type of energy and like on the court with his teammates. I don't know. I just think that like, it feels fun. Like it feels like genuine. It feels like this is really how I am. Like I am like super pumped. Like you remember that? Like I remember last year, like, there was a game where he literally just hugged Julius Randle going into a timeout. (laughs) And like, that shit is like awesome to see. Like it, like, you know, like that's like a real emotion. That's like a real, that's how you feel. That's not like a put on thing. Like, you know, I, I, you see players like Anthony Davis. I remember, you remember he had that crazy game winner that one time over uh, Durant and Mm -hmm. whoever it was, I forgot, Ibaka or something Yep, from three. And his reaction after that was like, so pure. Like he hadn't been kind of like, jaded Man. by the game and like mm. agents and all this kind of shit. And now you hear him talk and he's like this fucking total doofus. Like he's just saying like canned shit all the time. And you're like, who the fuck are you? And I just feel like with IQ, like maybe look money changes things, you know, like there's a point where he's going to be up for a contract. All these things change. Um, but like right now he's like, he really is living his dream and the way he acts and like is and plays and just, how he is about everything like that came through in that piece to me and like i buy that like i i buy that where he is right now like he really does feel these type of things and like that's how he is i agree with you on that and i think that's also like when you listen to obi's presser last week too when he's asked getting asked those questions and he's saying that he's in the gym with quickly this entire summer and that he's been putting in the work and then you hear Thibodeau saying that obi hasn't missed a day and like it's been him and quick just like doing all that work I agree 100%. Like, I think both of them together, like, they have that type of mentality where they're just trying to be part of that change. I always like to joke saying that this team is truly ball is life. Like, everyone says, yeah, I love the game. Yeah, I put in work in the offseason. But when you see, like, Randall, who, you know, you get that player's tribune piece, and he, after, when they go to a new city, he's going to a gym and just getting, like, his lift in or, or getting some shots in and then, it started to grow to the other teammates, whether it's IQ, RJ, and so forth. You know, you can see, you can feel that energy around this team where they're taking the game so seriously. And I think with IQ, like coming from Kentucky and that mentality where uh, Cal is just like pushing everyone to be their best. And then you have Tom Thibodeau, who's also trying to push everyone to be their best. I think it's just one, a good gel. And I'm also like, I just, I guess the point is that. I, I buy it too. And I think we saw that just from summer league a little bit. We saw like the, the step up him being a leader, him being able to handle the rock a little bit better, him trying to be a playmaker. Sure. His shot wasn't fully there through summer league, but it's not, I don't really care. It's just about getting the reps and just getting comfortable and getting ready for the next season. But just from his actions and just from like what you hear, I can, I can get behind it. 
don't know. What about you, Drew? What do you what do you what do you feel about it? Was this in a Berman's uh, newsletter that he has now? The paid newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no? think it's the no no. This is uh, this isn't a regular. I didn't even know he had a, he has a newsletter yeah, now. I didn't even know what? he had that either. He has a newsletter. Oh wow! Everyone's it's, getting a newsletter. <laughs> it's called the uh, the Berman's Bible of uh, basketball. <laughs> You're joking, right? Is it actually? Is it actually the Berman's Bible? Bible of basketball? Yeah. Wow. I'm coin I'm coining that right now, though. Yeah, that's like, that should be yours. I'm about to say, you should make the Bourbon's Bible of Basketball. And this should be and just, yours. And just do a parody of uh, yes. 100% actually. <laughs> that should be, that would be gold. It would just, just be like the, the Dolan Trump, but for, for, for Bourbon. For Bur- that's, that's such a niche specific like yeah. parody that only like 50 people hey. would appreciate. But they would love it. Those 50 people. Hey, you man, see, what the, you see what the Knicks fans can do, man. That <laughs> is true. But uh, no, man, like Quickly's great. You just, See it. He's awesome. I love him. That's all I got. You guys already said it. I don't need to add any any anything else. Let me ask you, do you think do you think he is able to at least get the same amount of minutes now? Because he's really sharing with D Rose now. Alfred Payton is not gonna come out after seven minutes. You know what I mean? And Kemba Walker is gonna be playing for a while. D Rose is gonna get those bench point guard minutes. Like you think IQ is going to be able to fit in. I know Schwinn was saying, you know, we have like four or five point guards now. However, you want to rank them, he'll uh, he'll get in. They'll probably they'll probably go small, right? They'll probably do Rose, IQ, Burks primarily as like a three guard bench unit. And he's always going to play when you need shooting. Like we saw that like last year too. Like if you need shooting, IQ is getting in. So I, I think his role is going to be pretty safe. I don't I don't know who's going to like none of the rookies are going to overtake him and. Mm. I don't think I'm missing a uh, another also, guard. If, if a rookie does overtake him, then we're in like <laughs> we're in trouble. No, then no, then we're that's amazing. That means that rookie oh, okay. must be really, really good. <laughs> like, okay, holy shit. Uh, no, yeah, or, or or IQ drops off a cliff and it's really bad. Where like the default of the rookie playing is simply better, but I don't see that happening anyway. <laughs> yeah, so like if Quentin Grimes winds up like <laughs> outplaying IQ, like. Quentin Grimes is probably really good then. <laughs> yeah, I think, okay, that's fair. Because like, yeah, quickly's not falling. Like, the shooting's not going to go. The the passing's not going to go. Like, he plays p- decent defense. Like, he, someone that he's he was already one of the best impact players the next had last year. So like, you saw that maybe that was skewed because Alfred Payton was so awful that IQ's <laughs> like on off stuff went up. But no, I I I think he's 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 legit. I'm impressed you're able to watch all the games in prison, Drew. Honestly, it's really <laughs> impressive. I I smuggle a lot of cigarettes through here to get the uh, TV that time. Was, that was part of his. That was that was actually the one thing he got stipulated into his plea agreement. Yeah, I have to be, I have to be a, the uh, the cigarette mule. Yeah, I, and I I have to get. I, you have to let me watch the Knicks games. Like, I have to. I have to watch it. Like, how how am I supposed to do my thing? <laughs> and they thought that was torture. And they'd be like, yo, this guy wants more <laughs> punishment. Like, let him have it, dude. This guy wants to yeah, watch. Yeah, they're just like, games. you can't watch the Celtics. And they're, I'm like, trust me, man. I don't want to watch the Celtics. And I was like, that's fine. <laughs> Make me watch the Knicks. That's actually really funny. Uh, I'm, I'm curious as to what happens with IQ this year, man. You guys remember in the beginning of last year, he had that insane free throw percentage. And then he hit the wall, mm-hmm. kind of dropped off in that aspect. He was unbelievable from three. I mean... I can't think of which game specifically he saved us from, but I remember he would come in and hit like, it was a couple, he had like five threes in and he like saved those games. Like we actually would not have been 
I mean, from because I forgot what the what do they call it the eight to eight from the eight minute mark. Uh, you know, the, the last eight minutes in the second quarter, the first eight minutes of the third quarter, that's where NBA games are won and lost. And as Knicks fans, we know that's where we always lose our games. Mm-hmm. But last year, for some weird reason, it was flipped over. And one of the catalysts was IQ. So I'm hoping that he gets his shot back. You know, Alex kind of mentioned that he had an off summer league, but he, I think he was doing too much there. He knew who's the best player on the court. So he wasn't really playing NBA ball. I'm just hoping he could develop some sort of mid-range game. I, I, I'm not expecting it, you know, right off the bat. But if he could, like, have some sort of, like, screen jumper or – because he's he's so – he's either hitting a floater or shooting a three from, like, 75 feet away. So I'm just like, we, there needs to be a middle ground here, just, like, at some point. Um, I don't really expect it now, but I'm I'm just hoping it uh, slowly develops at least, just like but, see some glimmers of it. And, and he he's mentioned that he mentioned that that was something that he wanted to work on specifically in the off season was the mid range. We saw a little bit in summer league, not a ton, but like he did take a couple. Um, it's also like he's got to get out of that. So he's probably been taking that floater for fucking years, you know. Like who knows? Yeah, he, and he always it's, makes it. So it's like yeah, it's, it's muscle memory. It's muscle memory, right? Like yeah. it's just his natural inclination to just. Oh, I have the floater. I'll take it. Um, I agree. He needs to develop mid range. I also think he needs to be more co- like he gets into the paint and immediately like it's like he gets into the paint pretty easily. But then as soon as he hits the paint, he wants to pick up his dribble and either like shoot the floater or kick it out to somebody or whatever. And like, I actually think he needs to keep his dribble more and that will actually let him get to the rim. Uh, cause he needs to, he needs to convert some of these shots just into shots at the rim. And like, there's no reason he can't. Cause again, he gets it, he gets into the paint pretty easily. I think that's something that we've seen consistently. Uh, I think what'll help him a ton is just like being more, like being stronger with his offhand when he's handling. Like when he gets to his left, he almost exclusively wants to get into a floater, uh, immediately. I think he needs to be comfortable, like handling. And look, there's traffic down there. It's obviously not easy, but like, you want to be a point guard, you got to be able to do that shit. Um, I think he, he has to develop that and just be more comfortable. Like in general, like once you're in the paint, like have like be comfortable being able to handle the ball, being more patient. You know, you don't need to immediately, like you don't need to go north, south immediately, right? Like pin the guy on your ass and fucking keep a dribble there to hold him off. And then you go like, you know, like the Chris Paul thing, right? He does that all the time. I was literally but, just thinking that he does have that Chris Paul dribble where he gets that guy behind him. Yeah. And like the thing is he does that now. But he does that to like do, draw that bullshit ass yep. like Trey Young foul, mm-hmm. right? That yeah. he's not going to be able to do that this year, by the way. Right. Um. So that's Thank something. That he, yeah. Yeah. I'm happy about that. <laughs> I know he was so never getting a, it. He was too much of a rookie. He was yeah. never. He was trying. They're like, yeah. nah. Yeah. And so and so that's something that like he needs to develop. Like you know that you can do more there than just try to draw a foul. Um. So anyway, I, I'm. But I. I'm. I'm not. I'm pretty excited for him. I think he's going to be. I mean, look, if you're good as a rookie the odds are you're going to be good for your NBA career. Yeah, and I mean, he st- he wasn't starting, but he got substantial minutes as a rookie under Tom Thibodeau, who was known for not playing rookie. So that one should say something like, yeah, you could say, hey, who else did we have to like replace him on the bench? But still, he was still getting substantial minutes. He was coming in crunch time in the fourth quarter because he needed his shot, his shot creation from behind the arc. He was uh, taking tactical free throws as a rookie. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, like ninety six, ninety two. Did he max out ninety six at some point? I think it was like ninety two percent when like when that hit the national media, and then it just 
fell off a cliff. Yeah, because you know how the national media just likes to jinx everything, like anything and everything. So that happens on a day to day basis. But no, like quickly, I'm I'm excited for quickly. Like I agree with everything everyone said. Everyone said about the mid range. I think for him, like his confidence is not going to waver. I think for him, like which one point I like, I like the keeping the dribble alive because he can also just curl and just like bring it back out and just like reset or do something or just look for someone else on the wing and just instead of just stopping dead center in the paint and then everyone just collapsing on you and then you're just landlocked in the middle with like not being able to find an outlet pass. So I would like to see that too from quickly. I'm excited to see what he's going to bring. I think he's going to take a, I think he's going to take a step forward. Like I don't want to say like an RJ leap, like last season, like, like how RJ was shooting, but I think he's going to take a step forward that we're going to be impressed with this season. And the way Tibbs talks about him, how he was coaching him after the fact that he's even there are preseason games and like talking to him after every single, like not preseason, but summer league game just saying, Hey, like, this is what you can be doing. This is what you should be doing. You know, Tib saying, hey, yeah, he could be a point guard. Most point guards are, are score first point guards in this league today. I think there's, I think there is kind of like big plans for quickly. I just wanted to see what this year, like how it unfolds for him this season. I'm really intrigued about that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. And that was the summer league and we're here. We're in preseason. And I, I, I know that the preseason is nonsense. But it's a step above the summer league nonsense, right? So at least we have, you know, some sort of basketball. And I'm curious as to if you think there's anything to learn about the Knicks from this preseason. But specifically, I have a pretty targeted question. And it's regarding, which I think is our most important piece this year. And that's Mitch Robinson. Mitch Robinson has an opportunity. Kevin Knox. Oh, oh yeah, I mean he's oh, always man. our most important piece. Always, that's, Kevin that, Knox better you know, needs to take over Theo Pinson's role if he wants a role on this team. I'll say that. <laughs> I don't know with the heat today. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if Kevin Knox is a uh, high energy enough for that. He needs Dude, to I just, do I some sh- cocaine then. <laughs> don't Honestly, y'all. he needs to don't hit you up for PR. That's a great. That's a great move. Like, yo, you can't get on the lineup, dude. Just hang out and be Theo Pinson. Like you, you were given the avenue. You saw how to do it. Just do that. I just can't Cheer. forget that I can't forget that one like from the, like the Knicks like Knicks account where he was just like he's just like stone cold like not excited from like a big play he's just like, he's, like sitting there. I'm like dude you just won a game can the big shot just happened can you just like so, show some sort of emotion something a little what's his bit nickname what's his what's the Knicks nickname I, to me he always looks like uh, Young. uh Gum Gum on Dum Dum from uh, from uh, Night at the Museum. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I haven't watched that he, movie in so long. That's what it always looks like to me. I, I, I can never get that. I don't know what that guy's name is. I know it's like a famous, like, thing. I, I can never get that in my head. But I know the Knicks have a fa- uh, nickname for him. Do you guys know what it is? Yeah, uh, they call him something fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's one too way much, to find out. Too much Fortnite. Are we, are we going to a <laughs> basketball reference? Yes, we are. Uh, so, no, well, no well, stated well, nicknames for Kevin Knox, sadly. Can we yeah, talk about they, how. Talking about how Julius Randle's nickname on Basketball Reference is Beyblade, I found that so freaking <laughs> hilarious. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you were you were saying something about Mitchell Robinson. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Uh, I, I personally think one of our most important pieces, well, definitely our most important decision we have to make before the season begins, is that Mitch extension, and I think that Mitch. Whether or not he plays is going to make a big difference on our team. I don't know if we can go through this season with a hobbled Noel and, you know, that Taj playing all these minutes like we did last year. I don't think that's going to work. It's not going to fly. So I'm wondering if you guys think that Mitch, there, and there, 
there are already pieces coming out today saying the Knicks are going to take it easy. They don't want him to re-injure the foot. So I'm wondering if anything, if you guys think, number one, anything is going to change for the Knicks, you know, in this preseason, or we're just kind of just watching them get, you know, get ready for ball. And two, specifically, do you think Mitch Robinson is like could make or break his extension within the next two weeks? Um, so I think that, uh, as far as Mitch is, just so you know, he, he can actually extend at any time because oh, the way I thought the, I thought the it, deadline was because he's a season. second round pick. So he can extend even in the, season. Oh, okay. But, okay, but yeah, okay, okay. like, but yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think anything big is going to happen in preseason, to be honest. I just feel like they, it doesn't really make sense for them to offer an extension and it doesn't make sense for him to sign an extension. Right, like it doesn't make sense for him to do those things because, um, like he has he broke his metatarsal, his fifth metatarsal, or whatever. That's like a pretty serious injury. You want to see how he recovers. You want to see how he looks after he comes back from the injury. I think it makes sense to hold off before you give an extension. From his point of view, also, you know, maybe the extension they even would be comfortable offering at this point isn't one that he thinks is enough. Uh, and also, like, hey, look. The, we know this free agency sucks nowadays. So he might think, Hey, like I'm better off waiting. Uh, and even if I want to stay with the Knicks and they want to keep me, I'm better off waiting because I'll get more dollars. If I hit the free agent market next up next off season, um, because there's so much money out there, but there's not a lot of guys to use it on. I might end up being like one of the premier, uh, free agents on the market. So like, I think it's kind of like a mutual thing. Uh, maybe that's just like, uh, you know, I'm being a total homer and hoping for the best case scenario, probably an element of that. But, uh, I genuinely like, look, I will say, I will say this. This is like a, a hot take I have. And this is something that I thought, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the Berman piece like a week ago about how, you know, Tibbs made a really big push to, to keep Reggie Bullock, but the, the front yep. office obviously went a different direction. I get the sense that Tibbs, really really likes mitch uh and like would wants to keep him like he wants him in new york he wants him as a center he's happy to have him as a center uh like the way he talks about him now is completely different from the way he talked about him at the start of last season during training camp like he basically gushes about mitch now every time he talks about him i don't know if you guys saw what he said the other day about like you know defensive rating and fucking Mm -hmm. whatever other shit he said (laughs) uh but like like he talked about how much growth mitch has made how he was playing so great before he got hurt like i Mm. think he really wants to keep mitch i think if there is a hesitation it's coming more from the front office which i don't like i don't think that necessarily means that they're out on mitch or that they don't see his value i think it's more of like look we know how they've operated everything is about certain values and you know like is it a good contract do we want to extend this guy is there a better option out there i think they're weighing a lot of different things whereas for tibbs it's like hey look i like this guy i think he's an elite room protector i think he fits with what i want to do uh let's just fucking keep him and i think for that front office they're weighing different things like we know that the there's been that miles turner smoke that's been out there um there's been smoke with a lot of shit so you know and look let's be realistic let's not kid ourselves uh Carl Anthony Towns exists. Uh, he was a Leon Rose client. He ha- will have two years left on his contract after this season. Minnesota has not been great. I actually think they're going to have a pretty good season this year, uh, but they might not. Obviously, fucking Minnesota, they don't have. Good <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, let's be realistic. Like, that's obviously going to be something they consider. Like, if it's if it's an opportunity 
they're going to consider it. That's the one thing we can say about this front office that they will, you know, you know, check everything out. They will make sure they follow all of the options that are out there and, and do their due diligence. So um, I don't, I don't think Mitch is on the move anytime soon, but if you told me that he got traded before the deadline, uh, it wouldn't shock me. I personally would not. I, I think they should keep him. I think he's, even if you want to ultimately upgrade at that position, I think he's more useful as somebody you sign, pay money to, and then use as a contract or a chip and trade than mm-hmm. to deal him now when he's going to be like, how is he valuable now? Right? Like you're trading for him. He's about to hit unrestricted free agency in, you know, five fucking months. So like, that doesn't really make sense to me. I, I think they're better off keeping him. And I, th- I do think they will end up keeping him at least for the time being. I'm a little worried about him. He's big with his, uh, with his size 13 feet. He's like seven, one. What's he now? He, he beefed up. He went on like that Andrew Bynum diet. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm a little worried. I don't think he got fat like Andrew Bynum though. I don't know, man. His, his, his face got a little, uh, little rotund. Oh, <laughs> hot take. I don't know, man. Do th- he looks like pretty ripped to me. Do you think, like, what are you concerned? Like the weight onto his foot? Do you think he's just not going to play? Yeah, the same he has. Or he like- has like baby feet. We have like the same size foot, and he's like a good foot taller than I am. So, and he put on whether you want to say it's, I, it's obviously more muscle than anything else. I'm just messing mm-hmm. with him, but like that's yeah, still yeah. a lot of weight to put on, you know, little baby feet like that. So, like, I'm a little concerned because he broke his foot, and now he's heavier. Well, first of all, I'm offended because I'm a size 12. So if he's baby feet at 13, <laughs> what, what are we talking about? Well, he's, yeah, he's, he's on the for 7-1. For 7-1. Yeah, for 7-1. I know. I feel you. I feel feet, you. Man. Come on. I feel you. I feel you. I mean, they, that's, they actually, say, that's actually very interesting. They has, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're, size 13 for 7-1? That's, that's that is weird. Pretty, that is pretty strange. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that, was, that was a nice humble brag, Drew, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, get, I see what you're getting at. No. Yeah, you're um, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you know why I'm here. <laughs> that's actually funny, and I mean they they are worried about how it's a injury that's very likely to reoccur. Well, I think that's what they're being cautious with it, and that's why, like, mm-hmm. like it's I don't I'm not that concerned about his weight or anything because I'm assuming that the weight gain was done with like an understanding from the. Nick's medical staff, like, this is fine. This is okay. You can deal with this. Um, they might be wrong. Who knows? Like, it, science is fucking weird, right? Like, we don't know. Just ask Kyrie Irving. He'll tell you. Yeah, uh, he'll, tell you he'll tell you science can be wrong yeah, sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he knows more than scientists. Uh, but the Earth is still flat, guys. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, like, he... I must like he's talked about this. They this has been reported that he has been in contact with the Knicks training staff, coaching staff throughout his time rehabbing in New Orleans or you know in New York, whatever. So I'm assuming the weight gain isn't like I know there are people really worried about it. I'm not that worried about it. I just think that like that's something that they have decided. They've made a calculated choice. Like this is okay. He can do this. We're gonna accept that, and that's that's what we think is best for him. Um, I just like really, I don't know. Like, I just think people are need something to be worried about. And so this is the thing, like Mitch's mm-hmm. health. And I'm just not really that worried about it. Like, yeah, it's a serious injury. I'm not trying to downplay it, but like Brooke Lopez had this injury. Kevin Durant had mm-hmm. this injury. Those guys have gone on to, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Kevin Durant's been a pretty good player. Uh, Dude, Kevin Durant is an absolute enigma. 
like I he really made me shut up because of how well he came off the Achilles, bro. Like nobody in the history of sports has came off an Achilles like Kevin Durant. So it's hard for me to like compare anybody to him. Yeah, and I mean, it was amazing how they won the champion. Oh no, they didn't. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I just can't hate on KD. They were in the, uh, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals too. Uh, so oh. I am here for that. But like, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, obviously KD's come back from that injury and been awesome. Uh, and then that was it. That was before the Achilles. I'm saying, obviously, he came back yeah. and was an amazing player. Brooke Lopez has had that injury and has gone on to have better season since then you know like become a better player better shooter somehow better shooter better <laughs> defender he's been a better defender like yeah. like and he's a lot bigger than mitch like he is a big dude right broke is thick um like I, I just there's examples of these of guys like joel Embiid had a serious foot injury he had that navicular bone injury or whatever that was just like even more serious than this fifth metatarsal yeah. uh and he's come back and he's been joel Embiid. he's been awesome yeah his health hasn't been great he misses like 15 20 games <laughs> But like, if you're playing at a high level, if you, if a team knows that you're going to give them 60, 65 games a season of high level NBA play, they're going to deal with that. And like, that's fine. As long as they know that if they manage it right and you'll be ready for the playoffs, that's not a big deal to me. And like, if that is their determination with Mitch is like, maybe he's going to end up having to be managed carefully and he'll miss like 15, 20 games a season, but we think that we can manage it and he'll be fine at the playoffs. Like, who cares? That's fine to me. Um, I just think like, We've seen so many guys come back with from serious injuries in the last few years that this Mitch one to me, it feels like we don't have anything to be concerned about because the Knicks are weirdly actually in a pretty good position right now. So let's freak out about an injury that really none of us uh, knows jack shit about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you hit the nail on the head. And that's why you should not listen to me being concerned because I'm not a doctor. So if the Knicks medical staff or medical professionals think it's good, you should listen to them and definitely not me. But yeah, no, I'm just looking for something to be concerned about. Like, what am I going to Shout out Dr. Lisa Callahan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that reference. That's her. She's the next uh, medical. Oh, is it? It wasn't like, yeah. it wasn't like a different <laughs> reference to like, oh. that was like some random dog. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, she's, she's the Knicks and Rangers. Uh, I think she does it for both teams. Mm. Okay. Yeah, listen to her. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like excited to see when Mitch comes back because he left at like such a good spot against like the Washington Wizards game when he like got, when he got hurt. Like he was dominating that game. Mm -hmm. And like he was really getting his foul woes under control. He was still, he was starting to like box out, do center things that you want him to do. He's good. He's like our best offensive rebounder. He's just, I think our best center who's good at rebounding. Like Nerlens Noel is just not that. And I think, you know, for Mitch, like this is, this is just the year, man. This is just the year. Like he changes our team dramatically. Like if he takes that step forward, if he becomes that center that we all just like can see him become, this team is seriously going places. I, I, you know, Alan Hahn said it when he was on a uh, KF, uh, Knicks fan TV. Like if you have Mitch in there, the, the series between the Hawks is just vastly different than what we saw with Noah oh, yeah. out there. Dude, and it like, been I so agree with different. that 100%. And I think Mitch is, I think he's a monster to be reckoned with once he's like, once he can say like, once we get like his health under control and once he like truly gets all like the technical stuff of being a center down, I'm excited for Mitch. I want him to come back. Unfortunately, we're not going to get to see him like, I guess during the preseason. I don't know when he's going to come back. You guys got any predictions for like when he comes back? Anyone? Uh, November 13th. I think uh, like, okay. I'll say like <laughs> two weeks to a month into the season. Okay. Oh, wow. 
Is he not? Did, did they already? Did I miss that the fact that they said he's not going to be ready by opening day? They I didn't say that. I just, I just think like the way they've they're handling it, it feels like they're they they feel pretty comfortable that Noel and Taj can hold the fort for the regular season for that period of time. I agree with them. Just on sneak them in. Yeah. Okay. And they they don't need to rush Mitch. I think they're better off being cautious with Mitch than than kind of like forcing the issue. Yeah. You Mitch think he gets Taj? There's my hot take. I would start Taj wow. over Noel. Why? I want to hear this one. They Why should start Taj? Jericho Sims. <laughs> <laughs> In the preseason, I'd be down, actually. <laughs> he was awesome. He was awesome. I, I like Jacob. Yeah. Um, Drew, why do you want to start Taj over Noel? I think Taj is just better than Noel. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Tell us why. Tell us why. Okay. Do, do you do you hate Noel or do you love no, Taj? I don't actually, like, where's I don't where's actually, this coming from? Is no, it no, a no, minus like twenty one from when Schwinn was when we recorded Schwinn last no, season where yeah. Noel was a minus twenty one <laughs> against the Nuggets? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't hate Noel. It's just I, I, I probably Taj can't do that anymore because he's old. But like, I just like his old man game. I like that he's not really a rim protector, but he always is in like the right spot defensively. Like he's never mm. missed the rotation in his entire career as an NBA player. I just, I just like the way I like when he posts up people. It's more of an aesthetic thing. It's like a vibe mm-hmm. thing. I think he's a better uh, offensive player by a lot. Yeah, he like he is a better oh, offensive absolutely. player. So right. like, I don't know. It's just there's something about Taj. He probably can't like he can't play him that long. But I don't know. I feel like he would probably serve better than Noel. But I get why you want Noel in the starting lineup with this team because you theoretically want you know a rim runner who can you know <laughs> dunk the ball. <laughs> like I, 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 I get it. Why you would do it? I mean, Just, I would quite, quite frankly, they, they paid one guy two years, eighteen million, essentially guaranteed. That's what Noel's contract is. I know. Yeah, saying. and he's but the headline figure is three thirty two. It's two eighteen with the team. Yeah, up. and he's he's a high end. He's a high end, high end yeah. backup who is right. very good defensively strangely enough even though he just like gambles on everything and he has he does his own hands. thing like, like people like he he's like everybody else plays the scheme and noel is just like doing his thing right he just they're just like noel do your thing and it works and he's kind of hard to explain to like people like he, you i think we probably all played with someone like that in any sort of sport where you're just like you're just gonna do your thing like didn't the steelers do that with troy palomalu there's a there's yeah, a football yeah, reference yeah, yeah. for you they're just like troy go because yeah, he would just randomly that. come up to the line and just like jump over five linemen and like right exactly it's just like that's what he did it's like that's what Noel is on defense so it's just like Noel do whatever but yeah he's just not a threat offensively and Taj is much more of that so I'm just I kind of like that balance I would I would sacrifice the early game defense for just mm-hmm. a more balanced offense that's that's you me. were what you were watching uh Taj in the gym, that video that was posted with his footwork, that fast footwork that he had going. Tony, man. Probably... Taj is the best. <laughs> I, love I love Taj. Taj. I, well, the only thing that like that would scare me from that, because I agree with you, is really my IQ argument from last year when everyone is freaking out, wants to put IQ in the starting lineup. Or I kind of think that messes everything up. If you take IQ out of the starting lineup, it messes up his mojo. He can't just go in there and do whatever he wants. You know what I mean? He can't just come in there and fire threes. Because he's in the starting lineup. He has to give the ball to Randall. He has to give the ball to RJ. And that's where I kind of think Taj in that second lineup, like I would rather Taj close off a game than start in a game. Does that make sense? Yeah. But, yeah like I don't want Noel in the end of a game. God, like that scares me. <laughs> like 
if he gets to the free throw line, that scares me. If he has to dribble the ball, that scares me. If basically he has to do anything except for tip the ball in, I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even very good ball. at tipping the ball. He's like, yeah, I'm about to say, <laughs> tipping the ball is like those hands, man, those are legit bricks. Yeah, like, but the one big difference between no, like this, the, the comp of like the hookers yeah. are the one big difference is Noel is good and Alfred Payton is not. So <laughs> okay, you're taking fair. out a bad player. <laughs> And you're putting in a good player, so therefore your team's going to be good. Like, we're just basically arguing, like, do we put the six in, like, the six versus the six and two, you know, two fifths or something? We're, okay. we're not arguing. Mar- we're arguing marginal differences between Noel and Gibson, basically based on style of play. But like Peyton is still is awful. Quickly is good, so therefore you don't play bad players. But Nick's insisted on playing bad players until. Game two of the playoffs. <laughs> it's a game two, man. It's a game two. It took a, a game it's like putting Frank in to be like, we should not play Alfred Payton. It's like, well, at least they came to it. Took him long enough. It definitely took him long enough to get to that conclusion. But look, man, that was last season. This is this season. So there's a lot to look forward to. So what do you guys like? What do you guys, what are your expectations for this season? You know, we had the 41 win season. We were the fourth seed in the Easter Conference last year. New season, new expectations. Expectations have risen. You know, we were on this trajectory of being a rebuild team. We've kind of accelerated that by hosting a playoff series. So where do you guys, what are you guys' expectations for this season, just in general? I'll start off with you, Drew. If healthy, I've been very optimistic about this entire team in the offseason. If healthy, I don't really see a reason why they can't win 50 games. And I, I guess that's technically outrageous because they're over under was set at like 41. But like, yeah. come join me, a, baby. 50 burger. Not, I want that 50 burger so bad. They're not going to be it. a 500 team. Um, they'll probably be closer to like 47, 48. But like, I just see a whole lot of balance and depth in the regular season and just. Not just coaching from like tips, just kind of like elite coaching period on this. Right? Like every, all the coaches hold everyone accountable. Everyone seems motivated. Like Kemba has a reason to bounce back. Um, Julius Randle has something to prove. RJ Barrett saw something. Like everyone has like things to prove still. It's just, I don't see how this team can't be a 50 win team, but I guess that's technically a, a hot take, but it, it may come off as Homer, Homerish, but like if healthy, I, I don't see it. This, this is just fundamentally a better team than last year. Like significantly upgraded between. It's not that like like the upgrade from Kemba to Peyton. Like the Peyton to Kemba upgrade is so significant. Like I, oh, I think people don't really fully grasp it. Even like not healthy Kemba Walker is significantly better. And Evan Fournier's play style and his strengths work a lot better for what this team needs versus Bullock. And the defensive drop-off, I don't think, is as drastic as what people are thinking. Like, Bullock was a good defender. He wasn't when the was best Bullock, was Bullock, what Did anybody think Bullock was a lockdown defender before last year? It, no, it became that narrative when he left. That, that, it, right? That's it, kind of my point. Is yeah. like I just don't understand this idea of Reggie. Reggie Bullock isn't a fucking game-changing defender. No, he's not. Like, he's just, he literally he's a got embarrassed. He embarrassed himself against Atlanta in the first round. He like, did. literally he really embarrassed bad. himself. Like tried to get into Trey Young's head and looked like an absolute buffoon doing it. Um, was garbage <laughs> offensively. Like got completely exposed. To somebody who can't yeah. do anything other than hit catch and shoot threes. Which like kudos to him. He was really good at it. 
and it wor- it's going to work in Dallas because yeah, it'll be great. Create anything. It's, yep. He's probably going to have a great year again. But like this team, if, but then this team is healthy. Like Kemba and Fournier, like, and then they have four players who can pass the ball now in the starting lineup. You have four players who can move past the ball. Um, as I always like to do a barometer, like how many positions of the triangle can you play? Like outside of Mitch, everyone can play at, at minimum three different positions. So it's like everyone can move off the ball. Everyone can move on the ball. It's just, I, I, I don't see how this team couldn't like 51 should be reasonable. I, I think, but I don't know where you guys stand. I'll let you guys go at it. Now, I guess I'm going to like ask you, Drew, like, do you think like, because, like, the East got better, you know, whatever your opinions may be on, on Miami, on, like, you know, you still got the Bucks, you got the Nets in this conference, you know, Atlanta is still a really good team because they brought her, they still have everyone from last season. Like, 50 wins is a lot. Are you having them as, like, mm-hmm. a four seed again or, like, well, more, I guess? the Nets probably aren't going to have Kyrie for 41 games because he doesn't believe in science. So, like, that's still <laughs> a possibility. Right. And then also like James Harden is still fat. So there's Whoa. a lot of pressure. Yo, on James Harden Nets has been unreal, dude. I'm going to yeah. pause you on the James Harden. Slam yeah. Today. Unreal because he literally <laughs> like busts out of his Nets jersey. Like he's just, he's just fat. Can, can, so I, just, a lot of- can I just say like, I don't really understand this whole thing about like, oh my God, he was injured in the Buck series. So like, what can we like? Guys play through injuries. Like, that's kind of just like the nature of mm-hmm. high end professional sports. He was on the court. He had like 28 and nine or something in that game. Like, what if he just shot like shit? Because that's what James was shooting in big yeah. games. Like, yeah, like, I, I just, I just kind of feel like this entire thing of like, oh my God, the Nets, like, it was like this most, it's like, it's honestly the most like heroic loss I've ever seen portrayed mm-hmm. for a heavy favorite, for a team that was up 2 for a team that was up 2-0 in the series, for a team that was up 3-2 in the series, for a team that had game seven on their home court in the series. Like, I just don't understand this like lionization of losing that's happening with this fucking team of that series. And I'm not even really like trying to slander them. Like, it's just like when you fail, fuck you fucking fail. Like, like, like I'm not sitting here saying the Knicks were like we should all like fucking celebrate because the Knicks lost in the first round, but like they fought valiantly or something. Like you know, like who cares? Like they lost the first round, they got their shit rock, and mm-hmm. that's why they made the changes they needed to to the roster this offseason. Um, like I'm just I don't know the entire Nets thing is so weird to me. It's like they're a contender. Like like what other contender loses in? motherfucking game seven of round two at home and gets praised. Like how many times have we had to hear like, like why is Kevin Durant the best player in the world right now? I'm sorry. Like I I genuinely don't know because last time I checked, he lost in game seven at home on his home court to the guy who ended up winning the NBA championship with a fucking 50 piece in game six in the closeout game, uh, has won two, one, two straight MVPs, one defensive player of the year. Like, what are we doing here? Like, what are we talking about here? That like, we don't like, they're a contender. Treat them like a contender. When they lose, you can criticize them for losing because guess what? That's like, they're built to win a championship. They were the heavy favorite. Um, they were the favorite in that game, by the way. They were the favorite in that game. They were the betting favorite in that game going into it 
even with the injuries they had. So this whole like heroic narrative about, oh my God, like Kevin Durant was an inch away from it. Guess what? He wasn't though. He didn't do it. His fucking dumbass foot was on that line. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm sorry. Like that's the reality of it. Like, like, and, and, and so what? Like, so what that he was an inch away from that? There's inches, like, there's inches in all of sports that like, oh my God, what if the Bucks had made one more free throw in that game? Like, it's bullshit. This entire thing of the Nets is bullshit. They get treated like a fucking small market team that is like, you know, they, they, they get are. Treated, they get traded. They get treated like they're the Tampa Bay Rays. Like, they oh my Tampa god, Bay Rays, how are, how can they compete? How can they compete? It's like, well, they have three superstars, and their payroll is like seven hundred bajillion times more than any other team in the NBA. Like, that's probably why they can compete. This is not some underdog success story anymore. Okay, like you signed Kevin Durant, you signed Kyrie Irving, you traded, you mortgaged your fucking soul to get the fat shit out of Houston. Like mm-hmm. you don't get to act like the small market plucky underdog that is overcoming all the odds. Give me a fucking break with that shit. Preach, man. Yeah, so Preach. there's um then there's also the Sixers situation. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I just let great. that go. I love that. Nothing to so, add. Like, there's Ben Simmons like not wanting to play so it's like all right so they're going into a season not in balance with themselves right so like that's not a good look the, the heat did get better but I am purposely have decided I need to start slandering my beloved Kyle Lowry for joining agenda purposes he, for agenda purposes so like if you look at a lot of Kyle Lowry's advanced metrics, especially the on-off stuff, he had terrible on-off stuff for Toronto last season. Like, so for agenda purposes, Kyle Lowry is officially fat and washed. So I'm not worried <laughs> about the heat at all because like what Victor Oladipo is going to magically be good again. And like Tyler Hero sucks and it's just Jimmy and Bam. And it's like, good job. And Duncan Robinson's going to do whatever. And like, am I missing anyone else? Like, I don't. I don't That's see a squad anybody. in my head. No, I think you got the whole. I love the whatever with Duncan. Whatever he does, like I don't care. It's like who who else should I be afraid of in the East? Just the Bucks, basically, because they actually have the best player in the world. And then you don't care about really the Hawks. Pl- it's just like uh, the Hawks. Man, John Collins fucking sucks. I don't care about him. Okay, I do think that he actually is the one player that I'm happy he got his bag. Because he's the type of player that he's like, he could kind of relax once he. Oh yeah, he got the bag. He's good. He's oh not yeah, 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 no, he's set. He, he's gonna be, he's <laughs> gonna be traded because Trey Young's gonna be like, get this guy out of here. Like, I want to win. Just so, just one thing, and I hate Trey. Troy knows I hate Trey Young. Trey Young, this is more James Harden slander. It took Trey Young one basketball game to realize, oh, in the playoffs, the f- officials are not going to call my bullshit. I'm going to adjust my game and play and play to that. And he did that, and he did that masterfully. James Harden's still being fat trying to get foul calls in the playoffs and it doesn't work. So it's like Trey Young's better than James Harden. So yeah, fuck James Harden. I, I mean, do hey. think that them not doing the fouls this year, not letting you draw a foul when you're shooting is going to really hurt Trey Young and James Harden. I thought that's where you were going with that. They're going well, to gonna diminish. Hurt, it's going to hurt James Harden more than Trey Young because Trey Young actually has a brain, a basketball brain and realize you can, you can, oh, I can do things without drawing fouls. So like he's kind of unlocked that. So I think Trey Young actually took like a huge step in the playoffs. So the Hawks are definitely scary because of him, and they do a really good job of hiding him on defense. 
So like now that they got an actual coach <laughs> to like coach that team, so how they they would basically just like switch them off, whatever, right? Like they would do the switch and then they would just run them back to a different player, and it works because they have like four other guys who are all the same size. So like they kind of found a way to hide young, and it's going to be up for the rest of the East to figure out how do we exploit that. The Knicks kind of figure that out by saying we're just going to have four guys who can dribble the ball. And you have to hide Trey Young and then like the center, which isn't going to work. So, well, they won't like, even do that, right? Like they just won't do it. Yeah, no, they're not saying they're not going to do it that way. There's going to be something different, but like that's how you have to approach like the Hawks specifically. They're kind of the team, but we're about the, the Bucks. I don't, you, you can't stop the Bucks. So, yeah, it's just like those two teams are like the scary ones. The Celtics, I, I don't care about them. So. I, I don't even believe the Celtics. I mean, they have no playmaker. Like, who's their best playmaker? Who? Dennis Schroeder? Jason Tatum. Well, Tatum. He's, not really yeah. a, he's not even really a playmaker. Like they, yeah. everyone on the team does. Well, Peyton, minimal playmaker. Peyton Pritchard is probably better than Dennis Schroeder at that. So that that'll be interesting to see how that dynamic works because he should okay. be playing more minutes than Dennis Schroeder. But we'll he see. should be probably, but he's probably not going to. Um, that whole, I, I don't care about that. I team. Think, that team is I just. Think, I think Dennis Schroeder is fine. I think he's fine. He's making five million this year. He's an NBA yeah. rotation player. No, like, for 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 that contract, fine. he is fine. I mean. He's also good with smart. That's a good squad. Like those, those I think they're going to be good. Like I genuinely, like, yeah. I would, I love crapping on the Celtics as much as anybody, but like, I genuinely think they're going to be fine this year. Like they had, like, if we're going to be, be a fine team, but yeah. I just don't think, I don't think that they're going to be this team. Like everyone has them better than the Knicks right now to, to be ranked higher than the Knicks. I don't see that. I think they will be a six, seven seed type of team. I don't think they're like completely out of the playoffs. I just don't think they have enough playmaking. Like they have, they have two all stars. That that alone will carry them. But I don't see them being creative enough. Like you can just watch them the entire last season. It was just all right. Let Tatum do something. All right. Let Brown do something. Mm. Someone's going to do something, and then so, it was just not enough passing. So some of that, like I agree. Uh, I do think some of that. A lot of that, not some of that. A, a big part of that, I think, is coaching. Like I don't. I mm-hmm. think Stevens was good for their development phase as players, but now they have more like rounded skill sets. Like. And they have expectations, obviously, as a team. Like, I think they need a coach who is going to tell Tatum, like, stop taking 25 mid-range jumpers for no reason during a game. You're 6'10". You have an amazing, you have amazing handle. You have elite athleticism. Get to the rim. Like, stop, stop settling for bullshit. Um, and I think that was a big reason why that move was made that I think Stevens probably had an idea of that. And that's, he was happy mm-hmm. to move to the front office. I think Yudoka is, like I, I, we don't know what he is. I'm just taking a guess here. From what I've read about him, he seems like more of a guy who will challenge you. Um, no play with house money. Yeah, and, and and I don't think I don't think Stevens was a guy that challenged them. I think he was a guy who like encouraged them. Like, feel free to take shots. Like, like I'm not I'm not even saying that actually as an insult. Like, that actually, does sound like yeah. no. It's just it's just funny to think about because I I think it's like it's like all right, we're going from kindergarten who's like. Try this new thing now. Yeah. You know, so, like your fifth grade mm-hmm. teacher, like, no, 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 no. You gotta do this fucking problem, right? You gotta learn. You gotta learn your times tables. You gotta learn division. Come on. Now. Yeah. Let's like they, they, they need to. They need to have somebody like fucking ride their ass. Right. Like, like you need to have like I. I think I probably tweeted this out last year, but like I thought, like genuinely, I like looked at that team and I was like, they probably could use Tibbs because Tibbs would be like, you don't take mid range jumpers anymore. You go to the rim and you take corner threes like 700 times a game. That's all you're going to do. Um, but like they just need that. Like you have Marcus Smart out here in game six of an elimination series against, uh, elimination game against Miami. 
in the Eastern Conference Finals, he took more shots than Kemba Walker. That's coaching. I'm sorry, that's coaching. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way that should ever happen. I don't care if you want to say Kemba should take the reins or, you know, no, like, it doesn't matter. No, that Marcus Smart cannot take that many shots in a game. Like, he cannot be your second or third option. That's insane. Um, but like, yeah, I, I, I think they, they had a lot of, like, if we're going to be real, they, they got hit by COVID harder than most teams last year. Mm-hmm. They had a shit ton of games missed from it. Uh, Tatum talked on the record about like how hard it was for him to come back from COVID. Like, during the season, it was hard for him. Like, because it took a while, right? Like it took like a month mm-hmm. for him to really get his lungs back and everything. Yeah, he needed um, an inhaler. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So like he was really dealing with shit. If you look at how he closed the season, he was a monster. Like he was killing it. He had a fifty point game in the playoffs, didn't he? Um, so like he like I think like that leap to like potential top ten, top five guy, like I I really am like in on Tatum, which is gross for me to say. I really <laughs> yeah, me too. But like but like I'm, I, I'm all the way in on Tatum. Yeah, like uh, I I really think like he's gonna be a monster this year. Um, I'm like probably not as high on Jalen Brown as other people. Like he's really good, obviously. I'm not denying that. But like I don't see him getting to like a higher level. Like I think the level he's at, which is really good, uh, is what he is, and that's fine. Like that's enough, obviously, for them to be good. I think Schroeder just being healthy and playing games, um, like. Why is Kemba a big deal for us? Because he's replacing Alfred Payne. So even if he doesn't play that many games, it's a massive improvement for them. Having Schroeder, who is like much better than Alfred Payne, um, is like for all of his flaws, he's an NBA caliber rotation player, right? I think we can all at least agree on that with Schroeder. Um, mm-hmm. like he's effectively going to be, he's a healthier player than Kemba. Like that's production you can count on and whatever his flaws are like that still helps you win regular season games um, for the, and like, honestly, as long as Robert Williams is healthy, which is a big swing factor, by the way, like he is not yeah. like he literally has played less minutes in three years than Mitch did as a rookie, I think, or something crazy like that. Wow. Like, he has not hmm. played a lot. So been under the radar, if that's yeah, a fact, yeah, he's been very injury prone. I, I also don't think he's as effective as a lot of people do. I think he's very toolsy and, highlight really type of player but like i he's also not as big as like he gets all like the the benefit of like like the 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 rim running center but he's only like six nine yeah he's like six ten i I think he's six ten but whatever yeah he's not he's not on the bigger side um but yeah like i i I genuinely just think like if he if you told me he's gonna play 70 games this year i have boston in the same tier as the knicks like i think there's six teams in that tier and i'm probably like i think Atlanta, Miami, Nick, the Knicks, Boston, Pacers, and I'm forgetting a team. I'm with not, you there. Not, I think the Knicks and the Pacers. Not the Hawks. And the, or not, and the, not Hawks. the Bulls, by the way. Yeah. No, those three. Knicks, Pacers, Hawks, I feel like are, are we're really all in the same tier. We're going to be fighting for that four, five, six, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then maybe Boston after. I, I agree with you. The Bulls, they literally have no defense. <laughs> and and now they already starting to have some injuries. Yeah, Patrick Williams is out for the month, right? So and no, and no be, bench. And what bench? And no they bench. Have? They're tough. They're, they'd be really fun to watch, though. Definitely a league pass team, but just take the over. Yeah, <laughs> like, like gonna, that, that's I'm why gonna, I'm gonna yeah. watch them on league pass. I'm gonna pass on watching the Bulls. I'm taking their opponents <laughs> over like every game. You're not interested in Lonzo? <laughs> no, no Lonzo. No, uh, uh, I, right. no. I like. I don't even. I. 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 The, to me, this is like 
Do you remember when we, we traded for Rose, we signed Noah, we signed Courtney Lee, like, and we signed Jennings, and we were like, man, like, this is going to be fun. Like, this will be mm-hmm. fun. This is what the, it feels like that. That is what yep. this feels like. It mm-hmm. feels like you're talking yourself into something being fun because, because they're going to suck on defense. So it's like they're going to be fun. And, like, for us, I agree with you. For the neutral, it will be fun. I think it'll be a fun watch. But if <laughs> yeah. I'm a Bulls fan, like, I'm not I, – I honestly find some of the Bulls fans – I feel like they – they're just down so bad that they're like talking themselves into <laughs> what they did is like a good plan. And I'm like, you gave up a fucking first round pick for DeMar DeRozan and paid him three years, $85 million. Like, why is that a good plan? How is that a good plan? I don't know. Like I, 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 they I, also give up, I agree. They also give up first picks, first rounders for uh Vooch, which I'm like, yeah. And he's mm-hmm. like, I just I don't, love, I love Vooch as much as anyone. I love I Vooch. I love oh, yeah. like, he's like such a fun player, but it's like, dude, you're, Plan is to be like all in on DeRozan and Vooch <laughs> and Levine and like I don't know I just don't I don't see the vision I don't see it I think if if they just stopped with Caruso <laughs> if they had just stopped Caruso and Lonzo I'd have been like yeah good good offseason solid I get it I still I wouldn't have loved the Vooch move but I've been like okay well like you know Vooch sucks on defense you know <laughs> Levine sucks on defense so you got a couple good perimeter defenders and that makes sense but now like you're going to have to close games. With one, uh, like you're gonna play DeRozan, you're gonna play Levine for sure mm-hmm. when you're closing, right? Mm-hmm. So one of Lonzo or Caruso is not is not closing the games, and it's probably mm-hmm. gonna be Caruso because Lonzo gets paid more money, so that, yes. mm-hmm. that shit works. Um, and like, so you hope that Lonzo and Patrick Williams are gonna like, like I'm just saying, fourth quarters to that team, I just feel like they're gonna get, they're gonna blow so many leads in the fourth quarter. What's your what's your Knicks win total? 47. That's what I said. That's what I think. All right. 47. Right, is that where you're at too, Alex? 48. So like Schwinn and I are in the same ballpark, but ballpark, but Schwinn, what, what are your expectations for this team? <laughs> Just, uh, basically be as good as they were last year. Uh, I know that's like not what people probably want to hear, but I think the East did get better. Um, I do think, I don't want to, I don't think they were lucky, but I do think the Knicks being one of the, they deserve credit for not having any COVID widespread outbreaks in their team. Like they clearly took it seriously as an organization and they managed it carefully and the players took it seriously. So they deserve credit for that. Um, but like COVID is still out there. Trust me. I'm not trying to pretend like the pandemic is over and we're Scott clear and nothing's ever going to happen. But like, I imagine that the widespread crazy outbreaks will be much less of a thing this year. Uh, the schedule is also more spaced out. So like, it's a more normal schedule. Uh, so again, I'm not saying the Knicks got lucky. I just think there were circumstances that went into mm-hmm. kind of like how things ended up the way they did. I think they'll be better than they were last year, even if the the record doesn't necessarily show a clear improvement. Um, but I will say this. like If you told me they won like 52 games, it wouldn't surprise me because – Tibbs, for all his flaws as a playoff coach, he knows how to win regular season games. Yes. They go, this team goes 10 deep, 11 deep. Yes. Like they are like when they go 11 deep, basically for sure, because we know that when Mitch comes back, Todd will drop out of the rotation. So that's 11 guys that are NBA caliber rotation players minimum that you're talking mm-hmm. about. And I like Grimes. I like McBride. I think those guys, they're not going to be come in and be like stars or anything like that, but I think they're like, they can be solid NBA players even early on in their careers. So I, I, I like, I like the depth of this team. They're built for regular, the regular season. Um, like if they want, like again, if they won like 52 games or some shit like that, 
it would not surprise me. Like it, it really wouldn't surprise me if they were like strangely pushing for the two seed just because of the depth and because of how Tibbs is as a regular season coach. I just think like more realistic is, you know, 47 wins is similar. 47 and 35 is similar ish to 41 and 31, which they finished with last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is kind of like my adjustment for East improved weirdo okay. conditions are maybe lessened, but the Knicks are still a better team. So they're still going to be really strong. I agree with you, Schwinn. And like, I, it's even like referencing back to the article that you wrote at the end of the last season, right? Or at the end of this past season where you can expect like some sort of like regression too. I don't expect regression, like them to like take like a dip in their whole progress, right? Like progress isn't like improvement isn't necessarily linear. Like you, mm-hmm. you will have dips, but like I, I think with the offseason that they had, Evan adding adding Evan Fournier, adding Kemba Walker, they're going to be a good team. I just look at the entire East as getting better, even though with all the issues, whether it's Ben Simmons, whether it's like you have Kyrie Irving, who's probably going to miss like half the season um, or anything else that's going on in the Eastern Conference. I still think that the division will still be tough and it'll still be competitive. But as you pointed out, you know, Tom Thibodeau takes the regular season seriously. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't be shocked. Like I wouldn't be so shocked, like with, with Drew's 50, like win total, like if that happens, like Tom Thibodeau is going to coach to get 50 fucking wins. Like he's going to coach to try to get 82 <laughs> yeah. wins if it was possible. If, if Tibbs could get 82 wins out of this team, he would coach to get with everyone just like burning, like down to the, to the wire. Like everyone just like short circuiting at the end. Tibbs would do that. Um, but I think 40, like I, I went with 48 just because I think, as you said, to like even out like the calculation wise with like 41 from last mm-hmm. season, I think of like the East still getting better. And I just think like I, I'm I'm putting in there that Kemba and Rose are going to miss games and we're going to see some games where we're going to have quickly like in the starting lineup. We're probably going to have like McBride, maybe even a little bit of Quentin Grimes in there for some games like in the second unit. And I think with their inexperience like in the NBA, that's where we're going to see like all step back, especially if we're going to get, go against some of the better teams. Um, obviously you can't project when guys are going to be sitting out, but that's what I'm factoring in for like 48 wins. Um, but John, who, what, what are your expectations for this season? I mean, um, I, you guys hit it, you know, in the beginning, I'm on the 50 burger, man. I'm, I've been on the 50 burger since Holito came on. Um, he made me uh, stick to that. And I know it's, I know that it's a 42 and a half. Uh, Vegas has that, but I'm really with, all of you guys, I, I really don't think there's any reason to, uh, you know, reiterate it, but I just, I, I think that we got better. And the one thing I'll pull back on, I think Miami got better as well. <laughs> so I'm not going to go all the way in with you guys. I think Miami got better. I think the Knicks got better, but I think the Atlanta Hawks are going to regress. I think the Celtics are going to stay the same slash maybe regress a little bit. I also think the Sixers are going to be kind of whack. Where do you guys think Ben Simmons is going to end up? Like, I don't think he's going to be in Philly. I, I I don't know. Like, I don't think he's going to be in the East either. So I, it depends. Ends, what, I think he's going to end up in Minnesota. That's what I think. For who? D'Angelo Russell? Something. I think he'll end up. Okay, that's fine. Then I'm not worried about Philly. But if they get like a, a good player, you know, in return, uh, it's going to be tough, man. So I just, I just think he's nuked his value so much. It's so unlikely he's going to end up getting anything. Dude, I, he, I might bet him for my most improved player of the year. Ben Simmons? The slander is insane, dude. The slander on Ben Simmons is that he had one bad series, and no, then no, he no, hates no, no, Joe Embiid. But no, that's no. he said he's had three <laughs> bad. He's had three bad round two series. He has a clear <laughs> ceiling as a player. Like he mm-hmm. is a star. He needs to perform like a star. Like you can't. You can't just 
you don't get fucking all the. I'm sorry, but beating the Wizards in round one, nobody cares, dude. I'm sorry, nobody yeah. gives a fuck. Like, I don't give a shit. Um, you're 25 years old. You're on your first max. You're on a max contract. Like the standard. You're you're supposed to be a generational talent or some bullshit that people keep saying. Um, I do think maybe people should stop using the word generational. By the way, um, but like he. You know, the standard is higher. He deserves all the slanders getting. He's acting like a fucking bitch, too. Like, oh, like, oh, the, the, the team didn't prioritize me. What are you talking about? They fucking coddled you. <laughs> like, they traded, they, they literally traded Jimmy Butler because you wanted the ball in your hands and you didn't like playing with him. They, oh, they, they, takes three pointers because exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 he shot 38% from three. Danny Green was a 40% three-point shooter. <laughs> Seth Curry, one of the literally one of the best three-point shooters in the history of the NBA. Seth Curry. Um and and who's there was another guy in the line. Uh, Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. Yeah. A very good three-point <laughs> shooter. So, like, what are we talking about? Like, if that situation is not good enough for you, then what situation is gonna work? Because how many teams have a center who can shoot threes and anchor an elite defense and can score in the post and can like it is insane. If you cannot make that work, then the problem is you and the problem is the limitations of your game. It is not about everybody else. It is not about the situation. It is not because Doc Rivers said some mean things about you in a post game press conference. It is not because they <laughs> deigned to even suggest maybe we would trade him for James Harden. Like, of course I would trade your ass for James Harden. Like, of course I would. <laughs> James Harden at least shoots the ball. He at least takes mm-hmm. shots. He might miss them in key moments, but he takes them. Ben Simmons hides in the dunker spot. He gives the ball to Tyrese Maxey. He's a bum, uh, and and he deserves all the slander he gets. I have no respect for how he's handled this entire situation, and I think the fact that he's trying to, you know, oh, I, the, I just just doesn't work with Embiid. Like maybe it doesn't work with you, man. Maybe the problem <laughs> is looking here because. All I know is that Joel Embiid played at an all NBA level last year. He played at a, quite frankly, played at an MVP caliber level last year. Oh, 100%. If he didn't get, if he doesn't get injured, he might easily win that MVP over Jokic, just like. And he still, he played with that injury in the playoffs and he still balled out in that series. I think he absolutely. averaged like 30 and 10 or something in that, in that series. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this idea that Ben Simmons needs to like, Go to an organization that prioritizes him and be unlocked and all this shit. It's like it's you don't just, think he deserves it. I got it, you. It's something that he. It's something that he deserves it. I don't think it's true. Like I just like. What do you mean? The, the situation you had is the one that everybody's talking about. That you need to be unlocked. Stretch five, three plus shooters around you. You are the point guard. Like what the hell are we talking about here? I I don't know. I have no clue. He's gonna look great in Sacramento with uh. Darren Fox, please, Halliburton, oh, please. Just tr- I think they, I think he should go to Sacramento. I think the Kings should just trade because uh, Darren Fox couldn't want out of there, man. Just just trade him already. Just just rip the bandaid off. You got I don't know what the Kings are doing. You drafted Davion Mitchell. There's so much over overlap with like all their positions. Just trade Darren Fox. Just go get Ben Simmons because like just 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 end it and end like his that, career, that improves be- the Sixers mightily. Absolutely. And Hell like for yeah. him and for him, he's like, I want to go to Cal, which I think the thing with me for Ben Simmons, like, I know he's a good player. I think we got to knock, like, I think like I would have him like as, as a tier two player. I think he's a tier three player just because he doesn't, he doesn't get you past the second round, but 
with Ben Simmons, the thing I just dislike most is that he's making like trade demands and he hasn't earned the caliber to be making trade demands. Dude, you got to make at least a conference final before you can even say, hey, I can take you to a conference final instead of just shut. Like you had Trey Young on you underneath the hoop. And instead of just dunking on Trey Young, you decide to pass the ball out. Mm-hmm. Like what? That makes no sense. Absolutely no sense. And I think just the way like he's handled it, like as Schwinn's already stated, is just it's just disgusting for a guy who, what, since 2018, 19, he's not like, now, like, like, and you don't even shoot. Like, if you're not even going to shoot the ball, like, how are you, how are you, demand, you got the max contract. Did, did you see what Joel said? Uh, like, oh, yeah. Joel basically said exactly what is a fact. He's like, like, the limitations of our team are because of you. They're yes. not because of, like, the roster construction or any of this bullshit. Like, <laughs> we have shooting. We have wings. We have me, like an all NBA center. Uh, like the the why did we lose that? Like, like you know, why did we lose that series? We lost because of you. You know, like this is like to a lesser degree, uh, but like a more famous uh, playoff mishap, like LeBron in twenty eleven against the Mavericks, right? Like they mm-hmm. lost. Like you can talk about all these other things, but they lost that series because LeBron wasn't LeBron. Like, if LeBron was LeBron, they win that series, they win the championship. He wasn't LeBron, they didn't win. Like, they didn't, like, you can tell me Doc fucked up XYZ (laughs) things, all the, (laughs) Tobias didn't deliver, but they lost that series because Ben Simmons did not play like Ben Simmons. He did not play like the guy that we see for 82 regular season games and in the first round of the playoffs every year. Nope. He played like the guy that we've seen now for three straight times. As soon as he gets to the second round, as soon as he plays a team that has, comparable level of talent that actually can can scheme to defend him that he 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 can't counter because he has no counters because he hasn't developed and or added a single thing to his game since coming into the nba offensively there's nothing about his game that he does offensively that is a single shred better than than what it was when he was a rookie is he just a tall is he just a tall alfred payton Yes, he is. I've tweeted that. Oh my goodness! I mean, yo, if Alfred Payton was six ten, he's probably a better defensive player, right? Just by yeah. being tall. So, yeah, I guess. Like, I guess what we can give Ben Simmons is that he tries harder on defense than Alfred Payton. So that is true. Congratulations, Ben Simmons. <laughs> you tried. You tried. This is wild. Uh, this is wild. I'm. I'm. I think I'm more. More confident taking my Ben Simmons most improved. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I, I, I will say this though. Like, Alfred Payton. I've shit on Ben. I've, like you just heard, I've shit <laughs> yeah. on Ben Simmons several times. But like, I genuinely do think a team like Sacramento or Indiana or Minnesota or whatever they should trade for him because, like, ultimately, I I do know like there is that talent there. Like there is mm-hmm. like, he does shit you can't teach. He's a freak of nature. But like, like. A team like those smaller market teams, they should absolutely roll the dice and trade for him because you're getting him on a four-year contract. Like he's got four years yeah. left on his max deal. And he's you stuck. Don't, yeah, you don't have the opportunity to add talent like that in those markets very often. So when that opportunity comes, you should take it. Um, and you know, Drew, you mentioned Sacramento. Like I, I think Sacramento should absolutely be open to doing of it. Course. Um, like I don't even <laughs> think course, they would need to yeah. give up. I don't even think they would need to give up Fox necessarily. I think they can give. I think up that's Hallib- the holdup. I, I think I think they could give up Halliburton. I think they could give up um, whatever to. the fuck. Who would else. give up Halliburton for him or Fox? I think 100- that's the holdup. 
hundred percent to give up Halliburton. They they did say they did say oh, Fox yeah. and Halliburton are like off the table, and they would be willing. Well, to that's just like so, he's dumb. I know. Well, I, I think I think what that is though is it's like Fox is actually off the table, but Halliburton is like off the table. Like it's like we won't give you Halliburton and everything else you want, but like so he's off the table. But in the right scenario, he could be on the table for you. That's okay. what I think that is. Like Halliburton, Buddy Heels, yeah, just a couple of first round like picks thi- or some shit like that. I would do that if I was if I was Philly. I would just I'd be like, I just want to get rid of him. Like you, you have to, yeah, you, have you have to have at this to. point. You have, you have to at this point. Like if he's not going to show up, you know, regardless if he's just not going to take a paycheck. Like you're you're down a player, and you're you could be getting good value back in some way, whether it's like Hal Burton or whoever at this point, even if you want to do like a CJ McComb, having CJ McComb is better than having nobody to, to fill in Ben Simmons. And like, I think Ben, I think like, I know Ben Simmons can be this, like a generational talent that we can see, but he just hasn't done anything to show that he is at this point. So that at this point, it's just a tall Alfred Payton. Like you got to shoot, you got to do something in order to show that you're, <laughs> A, t- a superstar mm-hmm. player. I forget who. I forget the name of the writer for the the Washington Post, but she wrote that you know we're using the term superstar way too loosely. Like Dude, superstars she, to be earned. She burned Ben yeah. Simmons, but she like, but she's right. Like we're using the term superstar like way too loosely. Like oh, this person's a superstar. This person's a superstar. Like you have to earn the term <laughs> superstar. Like Ben Simmons is not a superstar until you're saying, all right, this dude gets it to Eastern Conference Eastern Conference Finals, and it's like something. It's like whether it's a coaching or it's just like someone gets hot. Like you can't just have these second round exits year after year. That's just. Well, it's not even that? just losing the second round. It's how you're. It's like how you're playing. Like I don't care that I, I genuinely <laughs> believe. It's not to me that he, they're losing the second round. It is that like I think Joel Embiid. To, like, I'll I'll be quite honest. My standard for superstar is basically like, are you an MVP caliber player? Like I I think there's maybe at a time in the NBA there's like at most eight superstars in the NBA at a time. So, like, Ben Simmons is not even touching that. Like, he's not even in the conversation for me. He's like, you know, he's out at the, in the line, talking to the bouncer, begging to get into the club Mm -hmm. right now. Like, he's, he's not, he's not anywhere near it. Um, but like, like, it's, it, and it's not like, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, not everybody can be a superstar, obviously, but like, it, the criticism for him isn't that it's it's how he performs in those series, how he disappears. Like he didn't shoot. What was he? He didn't shoot in like the fourth quarter for the last five games of the series or something insane like that. Like, bro, when you when when I think Frank Nilakina will shoot more than you in the fourth quarter, that's a fucking problem. Like <laughs> that's a really big problem. Like I'm not and I'm not joking. Like I I'm almost positive you put Frank in that series, he would at least taken a shot in the fourth quarter. I promise Definitely. you, he would have taken. Mm-hmm. He would have pulled the trigger once. Like it's been, that is bananas for a star, for a star point guard, primary ball handler to not shoot the ball once for multiple games in a row. That's bananas. Like I, I, that's just crazy stuff. I, Ben Simmons, he's like, I, I, I I agree with you, uh, Alex. Like he's got to get traded. They've got to just do it. Like they just, you're not going to get the the package that you want. And guess what? That's life. You just got to deal with it. Um, do you really want to go into the season with like Ben, you know, doing whatever he's doing to get traded and Joel like constantly having to answer questions about it? And you know, like, look at what Joel's already saying. 
Like, do you really? Yeah. Do, you, do you really want to bring that into the regular season? Forget, I do. Forget. I want that in the regular season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I kind of do. And yeah, really, I do. Well, I do. So do I. Daryl Morey like, does, bro. Daryl Morey does not care. And forget, forget what uh, Joel Embiid is saying. Look at what Philly News is saying. There, you have flash floods just going. <laughs> <laughs> like the highway and like here's ben simmons coming down you see a dumpster just floating <laughs> did tough. you see it did you see but like also like doc is just saying crazy shit too he compared everyone like saying. rich paul to like maga voters and stuff he was like that was such a banana that was a wild that was, was a like, wild take. Shit. that was a wild take man <laughs> that really was this, this is it's it's all upside down in philadelphia which is great for for the knicks yeah um yep keep it up for me I, I guess for, for me, like, all I want to see, uh, I think you guys already hit it. I guess the one thing, just let's get some transition scoring for once. Two mm. seasons of no transition scoring. Let's get some, some transition scoring. Yeah, some pace. That would be nice. That's really just what I want to see from the Knicks on that point. I think Kemba will help with that. Cause not Absolutely. even because he's like necessarily some dynamic transition player, but he actually like will just take quick shots, pull up threes and shit like that. For sure. And even like Evan Fournier too, cause you, mm-hmm. like you said, Schwinn earlier, like we have legit, four guys who can handle the rock and distribute. So that's, that helps dramatically. Um, but I think that wraps it up for, for our next topic. Going to get, I'm going to get you guys out of here, but Schwinn, you are a Buffalo Bills fan. Drew, I know you're a Jets fan that has given up the the Jets, mm-hmm. but yeah, Schwinn, I, was, I was watching football when uh, like JP Lossman was the quarterback for the Bills. Yes. Oh, yes. Wow. Bills Jeez. legend, JP Lossman. My goodness, Drew just dropping names like I could I could pull out random ass names from like Madden 09. I got <laughs> you guys there. Anything else? No, nah, I'm good. Oh man, but but uh, getting back to getting back to it, Schwinn, the Buffalo Bills, man. How are you? How are you feeling? How are you feeling, man? They're doing really well. <laughs> uh, I mean, pretty good. I thought they'd be a good team after the last season. Your division, huh? Uh, what's up? Sorry, say it again. It's your division. I think that's how they should operate. That's how they should think. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I feel uh, right now. Um, I do think that, like, I actually said this before the season. I thought that the Jets were the, like, they were the best position team out of the other three teams in the division. I've seen nothing from the first four games to make me change. I still my agree. View on that. Yeah, I agree like, with you. A I, lot. Think that, I think the Jets are, like, probably a year away from being, like, they, they, if they, if things pan out, how they can pan out, whatever. I think next year they could maybe make some noise. Um, this year is like I, it, I think they'll probably win like seven or eight games. I also I bet they're over full yeah. full, uh, full disclosure. If you bet it right now, I think it's at four. So really, <laughs> yeah, I think it dropped. But before this week, it dropped out it to was, four. It was I got it at I, I took it for the season. It was six. Yeah, and yeah. I just thought like I kind of like the talent they had like i liked what they did in terms of addressing the lines Mm -hmm. uh i thought zach wilson was better than sam darnold i'm not sure if that's true because apparently everybody that adam gase touches just turns into complete dog shit and turns into like functional (laughs) players everywhere but zach wilson still looks good so whatever the miami dolphins coach was the jets coach yes yes (laughs) oh my god yeah he became the jets coach. we hired him after yeah Dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, like uh, the Bills, yeah, I'm pretty happy with them. I, I think they're, I, look, I'll say this too. Like, I don't even think Josh Allen has played that great yet. And then, like, I look at his numbers and he's like, basically, on thing. Pace, he's basically a- to have on pace to have 4,500 yards passing, 38 touchdowns, 
less than 10 interceptions and to have like five or six rushing touchdowns and, you know, 400, 500 rushing yards. So like, maybe I'm just spoiled at this point. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Talk to me. Talk to me about this because we have the the bills and the Chiefs Sunday night, huge game. Okay. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I, I cannot get that Pittsburgh Bills week one game out of my brain. I just can't get it out of my brain. I know since then the Bills have murdered. Like, just give me your take here. Like, what was going on in week one? Should I just bury that game ball? And do you think you're going to be Kansas City? Uh, I think game one is – week one is always weird, though. If you just look at the week one results, there's so many weird results that happen in week one. Um, also, like, you know, I think that the Bills probably – did a little bit too much of we're not going to play the starters at all in the preseason. They didn't play the starters at all until the final game of preseason. They played them for like a half. They played them Mm -hmm. for the half against the Packers. Um, And I thought you could see that he was, I thought you could see that Josh Allen wasn't in sync. I think the entire offense wasn't in sync and you could really Mm -hmm. see it for the first two games. Like even though they, they beat Miami in the second week, 35, nothing, but like I came out of that game being like, they like that was not the offense was not clicking, which is crazy because you win thirty five nothing. You're like, wow, everything is amazing. But like they talked about it, the team talked about it, Josh Allen talked about it, the coach talked about it. And then they dropped forty. Then they got forty zero yeah. last week. Yeah. I mean, and, and I and based I, on those numbers, it's insane. You know, I mean, yeah, seventy zero. <laughs> and, and also, and even like yesterday, I thought that they left points on the table, right? Like, so like, <laughs> I don't think they've really functioned like at the level that they're capable of yet, which I know is bananas. And like, also they've been playing like some really bum ass yeah. teams. Let's be clear. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I think the week one thing is probably just a huge aberration. I didn't like the, and also like as bad as they played, the reason they lost that game is because they gave up a block punt for a touchdown. Like yeah. that's literally the reason they lost that game. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think they'll beat Kansas city? I couldn't tell you. I would bet it's the AFC championship game. Is this the AFC Championship game? I actually think the Bills and the Browns are better than than KC, but but KC has Mahomes and the Browns have Baker Mayfield. So like he's awful. Yeah, I don't know what he's he, talking about. You know, the Browns stink. No, no, their roster is loaded though. Like that's the thing. Like the watch them play though. I never. Oh, I think I think their roster is like the most stacked from. In probably the league outside, yeah, of the no, it definitely is stacked. I think it's stacked, but it's just not in sync. That's the it's, one thing, and I think a lot that's of that's just because of Baker. It's, I think it's Baker. I think it's Baker's like, if you put a better quarterback in there, I think you'd see a different team. And like, he has his moments, like, you know, the first couple of weeks of the season, he was really like playing well. Then yesterday, he played like absolute shit. Um, so I, I, I feel like the Bills and the Browns actually have a better roster than the Chiefs, mm. but. Mahomes is better than Mayfield for sure, and for right now, you can't say Allen is better than than yeah. than Mahomes. Obviously, like no matter how great Josh Allen's talent is, he hasn't proven it yet. So, like, do I think they'll beat the Chiefs? I don't know. I, I the Chiefs are bananas. Like they can't <laughs> defend anybody. They can't defend anybody. Um, they, the offensive line's back though. They're yeah, back. their offensive line is back. They're really good at run blocking. They do just feel like. I don't know the the way they play though. Even yesterday, like they, I know they, you know, destroyed Philly, but it always feels like they're playing like they're too cool to like. Yeah, no, it's way too loose. They're playing yeah. like way too loose most it's, of these games. It's so were. casual. So like that entire Chargers game, it felt like they were just like you know they were just turning the ball over and it didn't really matter. It's fine. We'll get it back. And it's like, but you can't stop anybody really. 
Like they can't stop anybody. So look, I, I'll sure whatever the Bills will win if they lose. Who's gonna give a shit that I said that? Uh, <laughs> like I don't I don't know if they're gonna actually win. I'm gonna say they're gonna I'm win. Curious. And, uh, they they did they beat the objectively shit speaking. I'm just wondering like what you think about this game. You know? I I really think like if the Bills are. If they want to be legit, this has to be an actual competitive game. Because last year we played them twice and neither game was competitive. Um, and that's not acceptable anymore. Like, you have to be competitive. You've got to be in the game in the fourth quarter with the game in the balance. Like, that should be the standard. If you lose, okay, you can lose to the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. That's not a crime. But it has to be a game. It can't, it can't be bullshit. Fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And, like, just think about, like, I don't know why you said week one's just really weird. I just go back to 2012 when we had, um, uh, who was the, who was the Miami Dolphins head coach that we had as the offensive coordinator? Good, oh, good. uh, was it Gailey? No, it wasn't. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. He, he passed away. Yes, he did. Um, um we're going to keep everything, we're going to keep everything vanilla. Uh, John I forgot Hammer? his name. No, it wasn't, sh- no. No, it wasn't shoddy. Right after Schottenheimer, though. Yeah, it was right after him too. Oh my god, it's on the tip of my tongue. Wasn't the guy who Bro. did the Wildcat? Yes. Yes, um, it was. Pirano. Was it is it Pirano? Yeah, Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano, thank you. Not Soprano. Tony Soprano. Let's go. Not the Bing. Not the Bing. But Yeah, no. I just I just remember that week one. We've actually played the Bills and we dropped like I think forty some odd points on the Bills, like week one. And I was like Wow, this offense is going to be good. And then next week, it was like, oh no, we suck again. <laughs> it happens all the time. It happens all like week one is the weird. You see it in college football too. It's always the weirdest yeah. weekend because nobody actually knows shit and teams <laughs> are still getting a feel for each other. Um, no, that's so. a fact. That's yeah. a fact. Drew, were you ever going to come back to being a Jets fan? <laughs> no. Oh, man. <laughs> I was trying. So while Sean was talking about the Bills, all I was thinking was like, they had a running back. Whose last name was Henry, and it was really bothering me. So I eventually Henry. figured out it was Travis Henry. Yeah. He had one really good season for the Bills. Yeah, he was awesome that year. And then that's it. That's all I. That's all I got. That's Travis got? Henry. And then I stumbled across the name London Fletcher, and I was like, I remember London Fletcher. That guy. Oh uh, yeah, London Fletcher. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's my. Uh, that's your analysis. My football knowledge. On that note. Oh, no, there's actually one thing. I remember when the Jets were doing the Wildcat, all I kept thinking was, why can't they get Brad Smith from Brad, West yes! Virginia I'm so to happy run Brad the Wildcat? Smith. And yes. they wouldn't do it. Didn't they get Brad Smith, though? We did get Brad Smith. Yeah. Yeah, but he wouldn't run the Wildcat. Like, they wouldn't have him as the QB. Like, he would just fill in for, like, the random time. He would rush up. The gut and only get like two yards, and they'd pull him back down. It, it is really it's like it, the wildcat was really funny though, because when they first like did it in Miami, everybody's like, "Holy shit, how do you defend this?" Whoa. And now, yeah, and now, and now everybody's just like, "Oh yeah, so they're just gonna run the ball now. Like it's it's fine." Yeah, that's why you needed Brad Smith because he had a cannon. <laughs> no, that's a fact. Brad Smith, man, that's a name. I miss Brad Smith. Uh, I'm, I'm so I'm time. so happy. I am so happy that Brad Smith came up. <laughs> In the, in the Knicks podcast, I, I could not be happier right now. <laughs> that great. Anyway, yeah. I got all the I got all the Wash Jets references. Like he's a Bill that. too. I mean, he's he's, he's yeah, talking about it. He was. It's kind of funny. The, the AFC East, like, there's always players that just get like it just it circled around. They just move around the division. Like Shaq Lawson has been in Chris Hogan. Yeah, he's been in. He got drafted by the Bills. He signed with the the Dolphins, and he's on the Jets now, right? Chris Hogan. Uh, 
What? No, he's not on the Jets. He's, he's, he's literally coaching lacrosse. Shaq Lawson? No, no, no. Oh, Shaq Chris Lawson. I thought you said yeah. Chris Hogan. Yeah. No, he used to talk no, about Shaq Lawson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaq yeah. Lawson. Well, then, uh, didn't Jim Leonard go from the uh, Ravens to the Jets to the Dolphins? You know, guys, remember Jim I know he was the head coach. I remember Jim Leonard. Oh, look. He's the head coach right now. He's the head coach for... Jim Leonard, the head coach for a no, college he's a, team. He's a coordinator. He's a defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. Defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he went from... No, he went from the Jets to the Broncos, to the Saints, then to the Bills... As a, just for a like, practice squad member of the Bills yeah, and then yeah. went to the Browns. Um, By the way, say, Brad like Smith a- has the longest touchdown in Jets history. 109-yard kickoff versus the Colts. I'll never forget that. Yeah, I can't forget it that. He should have been the starting quarterback. They should have started him <laughs> a quarterback. Yo, bringing back, bringing back kicks, being the quarterback. Yo, he'd, he'd literally I, be Bo Jackson. I would being a wide receiver, come on. That was the, I would that was the guy. Madden, I would move him to the quarterback and I would just have him be the <laughs> quarterback. I'd be like, dude, he's just basically Michael Vick. Like, why aren't we doing yeah. this? I agree. I'm with you, man. We had, they, uh, they had they had the second coming of Michael Vick. They also had, did the Jets also have Marcus Vick on the team too? No, no, we had Michael Vick himself. <laughs> we actually had the second coming of really? Michael Vick. Yeah, he came we back. Had Michael Vick. He, yeah, we had Michael Vick. And he talked about how he literally Jets? wasn't prepared to come in. Like he was just 20, chilling. 20. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was really we had that out loud. Was, was that after 2013? Far? Yeah, it was after Farb. It was it was like 2013, 2014 where we had Vic. <laughs> Vic was like he legit got thrown in. Oh, oh yeah, it was no, against the Steelers. Yeah, the Jets did have they did have Vic. And then he went to the Eagles and he was fucking good and I was mad as hell. Yeah, that's he literally said that when he was on the Jets, he he was the coaches told him he wasn't gonna play. He was on the road. He was just chilling. And then all of a sudden they're like, "Yo, you're gonna play." So he's like, "Oh, I don't know the playbook." <laughs> like, like he said this out loud, <laughs> which drives me nuts. Like, so yeah, that's a Jet quarterback for you, man. Yeah, oh, man. Well, well, Zach Wilson had a good second half, so there you go. Dude, I'm hyped. I'm going to London. I'm so hyped. You're going? I'm hyped. Yeah, I'm going. Nice, man. This oh, man's nuts. Hey, he's <laughs> really? he's uh, He likes You're to... You're going to London to watch a team that used to play Mark Brunel at quarterback? Okay. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We got Zachary. The Mormon Mahomes. <laughs> the Jets have a Mormon quarterback? <laughs> yeah. <For sure>. yeah. <laughs> this team is down bad. <laughs> BYU, bad, bad. Fun, fun fact. Fun fact. And the Jets Man, are they, gotta, they literally have a cult leader at the quarterback. That's not good. Fun fact. Hey, Jets, like are, hold on. Jets, Jets are sponsored by Jet Blue, and our quarterback's uncle is like one of the founding fathers of Jet Blue. That's true too. <laughs> Can't make the shit up. We're in it, baby. We're in it. We're in it for we're in it for the win. Two and three going into the bye, baby. Let's go. Let's go. And on that note. Schwinn, Drew, thank you guys for coming on. Please let the <laughs> please let the listeners know where they can find you. On the they Knicks sure podcast. Know where to find you. <laughs> they sure uh, know where they should find you guys. <laughs> so you can find us at the Strickland. Uh, you can follow me at, on Twitter at Schwinny Poo. Uh, also, we just started our Patreon. So if you feel so inclined, please feel free to uh, give us some of your hard-earned money. Uh, you get extra podcasts, uh, extra written content from really great writers like Jack Huntley and uh, Matt Miranda. So uh, if you if you can, obviously, if you can afford it, that'd be much appreciated. We appreciate any support we get. If not, just listen to the free shit. We appreciate that too. Hey, drive up the numbers. I got nothing. I, I, I'm barely on Twitter. I can't, I can't deal with Twitter anymore. Place is fucking shithole. <laughs> I just can't. So like, don't even follow only, me. It was the only social media that was working today. <laughs> it was. Literally. It was the only one working today. Yeah, no, Strangely no, enough. No, I just don't follow me. Just follow the Strickland. Follow Schwinn. <laughs> I, I don't contribute anything. 
I literally love it. <laughs> I don't care. Did you just write something not too long ago, Drew? You wrote something not too long ago. Come on now. <laughs> I did. Um, I'm so basically, I've just been doing a lot of data stuff, and it's what's great is I just basically have a bunch of stuff written that I just tell Alex publish whenever. As like backup content, basically, because oh, we're doing okay. all the season previews right now. So definitely check that out oh, on the Strickland. Okay. But I just did a part one of a, doing some analysis on play type data, specifically play type defensive data. And we're going to see if it's actually useful or not. Like, can we actually draw any meaningful conclusions off them? So stay tuned for that. Yeah. I don't know if the mailbag was released. Schwinn, do you know if that mailbag ever dropped? I did half a mailbag. That's like 3,000 words. Uh, I don't think that has dropped yet. No. Okay. Well, I answered but a bunch also, of questions. But also, me and Drew are doing a mailbag this week. A podcast. Oh, yes. I'm coming Ooh. back for a podcast. So, so we're gonna, that's going to be fun. I'm going to answer questions. That'll drop on Wednesday. Yeah. That is, Nate. that's going to be fun because I'm going to be margarita deep in <laughs> life coming home. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just going to be me, Schlin, answering home questions. in prison. Yeah. I was about to say, not in prison. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm on a I'm on a furlough program, <laughs> right? Is that what they're called? <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. yeah. Work release. I have, a, I have a work. I have a work release. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm getting out to uh to go do some work. You know, get exploited like so many people in jail are. Man, we should abolish prisons. I'm telling you that yeah. we should abolish prisons. On that note, <laughs> Alex, <laughs> tell where you can find us. <laughs> on that note, thank you everyone for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks Chess Etc. podcast. You know what to do. If you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to give us a five star review and to leave a comment that helps out so greatly. But if you don't listen to us on Apple Podcasts, it's just okay because we're on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. Also, if you're watching this, watching this on YouTube, please make sure to subscribe, give us the hit that like button, hit the notification bell. That's also good stuff as well. And as always, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can find us on Twitter where it's always working, apparently. We'll catch you later this week, everyone, for another Jets episode where we preview the game before John goes off. I will cry. I will cry if we lose. Thanks for coming on, guys. Let's go Knicks. And let's go Yankees, baby. Let's get that W in Boston. That's right. 27 rings. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. man. Perfect.